calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of The Sharon Tapes was made possible by our supporters on Scene Spark: Tal Manier, Bridget Gesowitz, Diane Spots, and Rose N. If you'd like to support the show as well, please go to patreon.com slash homesteadcorner. For as little as $5 a month, you get early access to ad-free versions of episodes, a special behind-the-scenes podcast, and patron-only AMA live streams. Before we get started, this episode contains elements of body horror and mind control, claustrophobia, references to cult activity and religiously motivated homophobia, and existential dread and despair. Content warnings and a full transcript are available in the show notes. getting dark out. Oh, I'm sure Sam and Ned will be back soon, love. They better. I still think I saw someone out there earlier. Well, we haven't seen it since. Maybe it was just somebody else trapped in here, passing through. I don't think that's very likely, Bill. Well, maybe not. What time is it? I don't know. Phone's still not showing the time, but... It feels like it should be mid-afternoon, though. Shouldn't be this dark yet. Blame the storm, I guess. Bill, I don't think this is just normal weather. Uh, what, you think Morrison has control of the weather in here now? I mean, why wouldn't he? This isn't the source, Rob. He can't just change things like that anymore. He might have more power in his bubble. But I think the weather's a little too big for him to mess with. This is probably just a normal storm from outside. There's even an outside anymore. What was that? I mean, we keep talking about what's outside the bubble, but what if there's nothing left out there? We haven't seen or heard anything that isn't under Morrison's control since we got back. What reason do we have to believe the outside world is somehow safe? What if he has already taken it all over and we just don't know? What if he has just as much control here as he had in the source and he's just giving us hope to mess with us? Hey, 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 stop that right now, okay? We have no reason to think that. Unless Sam and Ned find something different out there, we can't afford to think like that, you got it? Yes, sir. 
I'm serious, Rob. We need to rest. We need to be ready for whatever comes next. Next? We barely got out of the source in the first place, Bill. We have no idea what Morrison is planning. And even with Sam and Ned on our side, we don't have any chance of killing him. What even can come next? you still pray sometimes? Are you serious? After what my folks put us through? No, no, I, I don't mean like that. Just not like seriously praying. Just, just wishing for something to get you through things all right. Not God exactly, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. I hadn't for a while, but when we were in the source, I... I did it a lot. Almost constantly, actually. But it wasn't a god that saved us. Is she? She's uh, Amanita. Yeah, I got that. But who is she? Well, she used to be a cult member who worshipped fungus. And now, now she's like Morrison. Made a deal with something beyond the veil and turned into something new. How long has she been down here? this all started, I guess. She must have been caught down the tunnels when Oslo returned. So, do we trust her, or should I just, you know? You're more than welcome to try, Laura, dear, but I doubt it would stick. I, I didn't, I didn't mean it seriously. I, I was just asking if... Don't I... worry. 
I won't take it personally. I doubt bullets would have done you much good even before the coming of the God King. And now, well, death isn't really a thing that can happen in this city anymore. Not outside of his will, anyway. Well, what do you mean? I've killed dozens of those faceless officers of his, and they stayed down. <laughs> I'm sure they did. Besides, do any of you happen to know your way out of these tunnels? Killing me sounds like a surefire way of getting yourselves hopelessly lost in the dark. Don't you agree? So, what's a girl like you still doing in a place like this? <laughs> I'd hardly call myself a girl anymore, Ned, but I appreciate the flattery. It was not easy to linger here. You saw it yourself, the way broken time pulled on my mind. But the Prophet would not let me forget the imbalance here, nor could she survive if it was allowed to spread beyond Oslo. I was in the midst of seeking out its cause when Morrison and his fortress city were pulled back from the void. If I'm not mistaken, you two had something to do with that. I mean, uh, not intentionally, but I mean, I guess... Hold on. You helped him do this? He, he tricked us, Laura. He was holding two of our friends captive, and when we tried to save them, he, uh... You know. Actually, I don't, Sam. Don't blame these two, Laura. Morrison trapped them between the devil and the sea, and they did the best they could, given the circumstances. They're only human, after all. Close enough. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, Amanita? What the hell was that? See for yourself. Lara, you still have that flashlight on you? Uh, yeah. One second. <gasps> Holy shit. Is... Is that... Morrison sent his thralls into the tunnels to flush me out more than once. I simply made the most of the situation. How many of them are there? I don't know. I can see the end of them from here. What? What's that growing all over them? Mycelium. She's absorbed them into her colony. Is that judgment I hear in your voice, Bailey? Surely you don't think these things are anything close to human. They're simply extension of Morrison's will made manifest. And what if they weren't? Then they would certainly make better acolytes. As it is, well, they're just sapient enough to maintain the Prophet's consciousness while I'm separated from my family. Morrison's bubble cuts you off from the rest of the Oraculites? I'm afraid so, Sam. I can barely hear the voice of my creator here. 
I'm sure your patron feels further away from you than it ever has before. And none of us can cross the veil and be united with them while his power persists. Wait, what do you mean we can't cross the veil? This pocket of altered reality is sustained by Morrison's will alone. He cannot sever it completely from the source of all that was and was not and will be again, at least not yet. But he can keep those within his domain from escaping into the waters of the infinite to warn others. <laughs> you know, I would have thought you'd be the one to figure that out. We, uh, we just got back from a fairly rough trip through the source. None of us are too keen on repeating that. You weren't exactly keen the first time. In either case, we haven't been back long enough for either of us to try that yet. I mean, we, we only realized we couldn't escape physically, like, what, a, a few days ago? <laughs> oh, my goodness, Sam. Still clinging to your old perceptions of time, are you? What do you mean by that? How long do you think it's been, Bailey? Since Oslo, we emerged from the waves of chaos. Since you arrived in this remade city. Since we entered these tunnels. I... I don't know. It's like a dream, isn't it? Whenever you try to think about time in here, about how much time has passed, there are events and you can put them in order, but the time between them? Well, it's more metaphorical than actual, wouldn't you say? Within the circle of Morrison's influence, time is as broken as it can be on this side of the veil. Entropy wears on as it always does, but the people here, their lives go round and round in loops, reliving the same day over and over again. And even if they manage to escape their cells and make it down below to feel the prophet's touch, they vanish from these tunnels before the transformation can be complete. So you're still trying to make more of your zombies, huh? We've had this argument before, Bailey, and it's as childish as it ever was. They are not zombies. I am inviting them into the blessed union of the prophet, allowing them to become more than Haven't these are. people suffered enough already? Morrison's trapped them all in one living nightmare. The least you could do is not subject them to another. I'm trapped here too, Sam. Trapped and alone. Do you have any idea what that feels like for someone like me? To not hear the voices of my family, the voice of my prophet. I have not been this alone since before I changed, and now I'm stuck here. Just as powerless as you are. I can't escape, I can't stop Morrison, and I can't fix time. So you will forgive me if I do what little I can to make it better. This is wrong. This is just wrong. And why is that, Lara? What is it about the blessed union of flesh and fungus that you find so repulsive? You can't just 
take away people's free will like this. It isn't right. Let me make this as clear as I can for you, child. One, these things aren't people. And two, the union of bliss does not take away free will. It simply makes it less obsessively individual. How is that any better? That sounds worse than just being a zombie. <laughs> of course you'd say that. What the hell's that supposed to mean? There's no use in getting angry, Laura. After all, we've already established that your gun won't do you any good down here. And besides, the Prophet grants many gifts to his acolytes. I can read you like an open book, child. All the choices you ever made to avoid being part of your community, taking responsibility for your actions, giving anything of yourself for the greater good. Don't you dare lecture me about the greater good, bitch. People like Morrison preach that shit, and look where it's got all of us. Greater good is just what's good for those on top, and it's never put a cent in my pocket or a scrap of food on my table. I do that. Me. And nobody else. Is that so? You think you're so self-sufficient. With your little plot of land, and your herd of cattle, and the guns you defended with. Who built the road between your farm and Oslo? Who cut and milled the lumber which built your home? Who harvested the grain which feeds your cattle? How many unseen billions of microorganisms gave of themselves to fertilize the fields which grew it? Goodness, who manufactured the rifle you carry at your side like it's a part of you? And yet, you insist on waging a one-woman crusade against anyone who dares suggest there may be more to your existence than your own self-interests, your own needs. So what you're saying, Morrison's right? That we owe him some kind of birth debt for existing, and we should all just roll over and accept our lot? Of course not, but you're fighting a system, Laura. You always have been. And when you're alone, the best you can hope for is to get yourself stuck between the gears. At worst, you just become another cog in the crushing wheel. I am never going to let that happen. No. I'd rather die than let Morrison use me like that. Really? And what about you, Ned? What do you think of our new friend's iron-willed conviction? Me? You entered Morrison's orbit with every intention of betraying him, didn't you? You saw an easy mark, a tool to use for your own selfish aims. And for a moment, it seemed like you'd gotten everything you'd ever hoped for and more. Security, power, friendship, maybe even more than friends. But for all that, Morrison used you instead. Sent you out as bait to set the stage for his grand ascension. Without you, I doubt any of this would have happened. 
back off, Amanita. Why? Did I say something untrue? I... I saw Ned risk his own existence in the source. Not, not just to save Bill, but to go after Rob as well. Someone he barely knew before all of this. If Morrison manipulated anything, it was his selflessness, not his selfishness. <laughs> Indeed. What? It... It's nothing. Was Bill the... Uh, the other officer he came to my house with? Yeah. Why? Huh. We should go after them. We don't want to lose our way down here. Oh, definitely not. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story. Dark Dice a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Here we are, above the earth once more. I'm sure y'all will breathe a bit easier beneath an open sky. Did the sun go down already? Guess so. How long were we underground? Unknown and unknowable. Within Morrison's domain, time runs in fits and starts at the God King's whim. Within Morrison's... Aren't we out of the city now? Get down! Amanita, Amanita, get out of the light. They can see you. <laughs> they can see me well enough without it, Sam. All of us. Why aren't they firing? Maybe we're out of range? Oh, doubt that. I've seen them hit targets halfway across the city. Dead center. No way we're far enough from the walls here. But then what are they waiting for? <laughs> Nothing. They won't fire, believe you me. The God King hasn't willed our deaths to be, and so they won't. Not yet, at least. And how the hell do you know that? Because if he had, he wouldn't have let you two slip away with Lara in the first place. He wouldn't have let his snipers miss their shots time and again as you fled. And he wouldn't have stopped sending his officers after us until we were all flushed out of the tunnels and killed. He didn't want to kill us. He, he just wanted us out of Oslo. Right you are, Bailey. Powerful as he is, 
The God King cannot abide the presence of rival powers within his holy city. Now that you two are gone, he can continue his work uninterrupted, perfecting the citizens of Oslo and feeding off their suffering to grow his domain. Wait, are you saying the bubble's expanding? I am indeed. Not quickly, but getting faster day by day. The earth and all within it were born from the source and everything upon its surface is suffused with power to one degree or another. Every stone and tree and cloud in the sky and the more ground Morrison claims, the stronger he becomes. I need to get back. I can't let Morrison keep doing this. I can't let him win. Come with us. The hell did you just say? Come back with us. We have a place outside the city with more survivors. It's shielded from Morrison's influence, at least partially. We can work together, figure out how to stop Morrison before it's too late, and- No. No? No. This is my war to fight, and much as I'd appreciate the help, more people just means more risk of being found out. Besides, if your friends are anything like you two, I don't want to be outvoted by a bunch of people who just want to sit around and wait for things to get worse. I'm taking Morrison down my way, from inside the cage. <sighs> I can lead you back to where you started through the tunnels. The officers have probably returned to their patrols by now, so the way should be clear. So, I guess this is goodbye then. Yep, reckon it is. Good luck in there, Laura, and... Sorry. For what? For... The part I played in what happened to you. What Morrison's done. <laughs> hey. He tricked us both. Only thing that matters now is killing that bastard before he does more harm. Right? Right. Sam? A moment alone before we go? Uh... Sure. You know, this is the third time that I have saved you, do you not? Is it? Once from your own stupidity in the source, once in the tunnels twisted by Morrison's transformation, and now once more below his nightmare city. Do you know why I've done this? I... I can't really say, no. For the same reason I taught you how to traverse the veil in the first place. For the same reason I remained here seeking the truth of Morrison's machinations. And the same reason I'm giving you this. What is it? The will of the prophet. Don't worry, it won't harm you. It's more dangerous to me than you, truth be told. 
Don't open it. At least, not until Lara and I are underground once more. You keep saying it's the will of the Prophet that you help me, but... Why should your god care about my survival? I'm, I'm not a part of your colony. I, I never will be. <laughs> I wouldn't be so sure of that, Sam Bailey. But it's not your potential place in our fellowship that's preserved you, Sam. It is the role you will play in saving it. Saving it? How? I told you that the fracturing of time began in the tunnel, Sam. Long ago, long before you ever came to Oslo. And while I still don't know what caused it, I felt the touch of another presence in that aberration. A presence like mine, touched by the infinite and immensely powerful. A presence that felt so familiar, I could almost recognize it in the dark. And finally... Wait. Are you saying that I'm... I still don't know how or what or when, but between you and those tunnels, there's a way. A way to repair the damage done to time and unmake Morrison's holy city. To set the world to... Well, not right per se, but to remedy the hurt he's done at least to preserve the prophet and her children into the future and prevent our unmaking with the unraveling of time. How? That I cannot see. But I trust that you and your band of misfits will find the way. You always do. Come, Lara. It's time for us to go. I leave the future in your hands, Sam Bailey. Try to make it a good one. some reference books on plants. Yeah, good call. Uh, come on, the main road should be... Sam? What's wrong? Can't you feel that? I... Yeah, kind of. It's faint, though. What is that? It's the lake. I get sure. I haven't felt it like this since... Before Morrison came back. I thought that was outside the bubble. It is. At least I... I think it still is, but it... Something's wrong. 
Something's very, very wrong. The Sheridan Tapes, episode 93, Eyes That Vainly Crave the Light. Starring Chris Martin as Robert Quincy, Jesse Steele as Bill Tyler, Sarah Carnes as Laura Smith, Esther J. Wayne as Ned Lerowe, Van Winkle as Sam Bailey, and Alejandra Cejudo as Amanita, with original music by Jesse Hogan. How many nights will I come home like this? And how by Van Winkle and produced by Virginia Spots with dialogue editing and sound design by Van Winkle. Visit thesheridantapes.com to view additional content, rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice, and connect with us on Twitter at Tapes and on Instagram at The Tapes. I'm Van Winkle. And I'm Virginia. This is Homestead on the Corner. And you're listening to The Tapes. Blossoms.
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.